And I was like, that's what you get, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Greg. Today we have Kate LeBeau on the show. Yeah, man. Kate, uh, bounce booking um, and other musical interests and advertising and everything else, man. She's awesome. Yep. She had a really good story. It was a super long one. We may have to cut this into two parts. Yeah, it definitely a two-parter. Because she had so much to say, she had so much information. Um, this was one of my, like, I really want to get her on the show, and I think Ross is the same way. Yep. Um, one of those things where it's a lot of history in that 2000 and... Well, 2000. Late to, 90s. To 2012 ish, 13 or whatever. So she kept a lot of the scene going. Um, so I was definitely wanting to know, like, what was her motivation, um, stories that she had to tell us. And it was awesome. It was really cool. And I uh, want to thank Kate for coming by, especially in the weather we were having that day. And uh, she was a trooper. Yeah. Also wanted to mention that this was episode number seven of the show. And we are getting a really good response on this show. And just want to ask you guys to keep it up. and really appreciate all the support yeah please keep following us um we'll definitely have more shows coming out please keep the music scene going go to shows you know go see your buddies go see people you don't even know go see the music scene yes indeed all right cool greg well let's go talk to kate all right Do you want to start the podcast since we're all talking? Uh, I know. <laughs> That's why I said, "Welcome to the show, Kate." <laughs> oh, that was okay. Yeah, we have Kate Lowe like, here. <laughs> um, so, for a lot of you guys know that Kate did a lot of booking and a lot of other things for the bands in Baton Rouge and in the surrounding area as well. Um, and she, then she even brought in out of towners, out of staters, out of maybe Indeed. even out of country. I don't know. I did. I yeah. did. There was one band from. Mike got Spike. I don't know if you brought uh, them in or not. Germany. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it yeah. was their first U.S. show. 
So yeah. At the, at the moon. So Kate's got a resume. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we are. It's kind of sad that uh, Germans' first experience with the United States yeah. is Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those it Germans. was. Uh, it was. Yeah, they became. I guess they came became friends with a band from like New York or something, um, and so they hooked up and were doing a tour. Uh, but for whatever reason, it started out in Baton Rouge. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But they had a they had a blast. Fifty uh, Fifty was the name of the band, okay. um, and I think they ended up. They were doing a show maybe in Lafayette. And I think some of the Baton Rouge folks even went to Lafayette because they were just cool dudes. Right. Like they were just all super friendly and just stoked. Um, sure. So yeah, they uh, you know, and I, I know several people became friends with them and followed them through a few <laughs> shows and had the wore the T-shirt for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. What's What's not to love about a culture that likes to drink beer all the time and have fun? Yeah. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So um, we talked, we were even off mic, so we talked about a little bit about Kate's from this area, Gonzales area. Mm-hmm. G-Town. Um, yeah, grew up. She's about my age-ish. Uh, You're so not supposed to talk about ladies' age. No, I didn't, that's, that's I didn't a say a specific age. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed out. to say it. But we grew up in the 90s, man. You're a Gen Xer. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Tell everybody a little bit about like how you came up, how you grew up in the music and all that stuff. Yeah. So my family was not a musical family. Um, we would listen to like Christmas albums at Christmas. <laughs> um, my grandmother. But who? Uh, but who did you uh, listen probably to? Probably like Elvis and shit Perry like Como that. And you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my grandmother uh, lived across the street from my parents' house. Um, and I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time over there, was right across the street and I'd go over there and she'd be cleaning the house, listening to records and things like that. So, um, but yeah, growing up, I just, uh, you know, we would listen to the radio, you know, um, no musicians in your family, no musicians. Um, I didn't really start, you know, I, I just didn't have musical influences, I guess. So it was just like, whatever was on the radio, whatever my uh, my cousin was uh, a couple years older than me. We were only two girls in the family. And so it was like what she was listening to. And um, I guess I just didn't have anything to influence me. You weren't a, like a new kids on the block girl or nothing? Uh, I'm <laughs> embarrassed to say that, yes, I was. Yeah, you better have been. I am, yeah. unfortunately, you know, Debbie Gibson. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of that teeny bopper stuff, you yeah. know. Tiffany. Um, my brother is eight years older than I. Mm. And so... When he was in high school, um, he got a CD player when CD players first came out. I don't know what year that was. Um, but my uncle managed uh, New Generation, and my brother worked there. Um, and so my parents got him a CD player. Uh, and funny story, they hid it because we were all, you know, we, I don't think that I knew about Santa at this point, that Santa wasn't real, but my brother did. And so my parents... You know, my brother would always go sneaking around for gifts. So my parents actually hid the CD player in his own closet. Nice. Not like in the back of the shelf or anything, but like right up front. Never saw it. (laughs) Uh, But he was stoked Christmas Day when he got a CD player. And so, you know, he was into like hair metal, heavy metal, Metallica, Guns N' Roses. But then like... You know, he would also, he also listened to like the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and stuff like that. And so um, when he was gone, I would sneak into his room and just put on, I'd pick a CD and put it on. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I remember there was a rat album that for whatever reason, you know, had some crazy graphics on the cover and I put that on. Uh, Twisted Sister, you know, but then I, I, you know, punched in Beastie Boys and, um, you know, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion. I mean, just all these, you know, things that I guess it was, you know, oh, this is my older brother was cool. Like, you know, even though like we had like kind of a love-hate relationship growing up, but, (laughs) um, you know, and then he didn't really know about this until years later and we talked about it and he's like, I'm glad to influence you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I kind of started listening to some, some off, off the beat stuff than what I was normally listening to. Um, And so, you know, I kind of started going that path and just listening to what he was listening to. Um, I went to, you know, a private school uh, up until fifth grade. So, you know, public school came in and, uh, you know, sixth grade and I became, you know, friends with the popular kids going to a private school. Like I didn't, I had, I didn't have a lot of close friends. I had a few close friends through the private school that we'd hang out with. And um, so, you know, once you get to public school, you kind of start to meet people and and get some different musical, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, but then at the same time, it was like, what is this? Like, I don't really know what I'm listening. You know, it was just, Uh, you know, the teeny bopper shit, I guess, at the time, Um, you know, and things that you would listen to at school dances and stuff like that, boys to men, just stuff like that, you know, and I was just like, and I was just like, you know, I'm listening to it, but this doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really jive for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then grunge came into play. Uh, Pearl Jam 10 was my first CD. Uh, My second was Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream, and third was Soundgarden. Um, and so the grunge era for me started kind of kicking in, uh, Nirvana for me came in later, um, you know, but just grunge kind of just took me to a different place. Cause I hadn't really heard anything. And, you know, living in Louisiana, you get, you're not in California. You're not yeah, you in you're Chicago. Yeah. You're not in New York. Like you get what your friends are listening to. Or what someone from out of town introduces you to. I mean, was there even a rock station in Baton Rouge? Yeah. But classic rock? Or was there no. a rock? Uh, there was a rock station. Yeah, that was 100.7, a... the yeah. Tiger. They played like Alice in Chains and, oh, really? and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all day, but. Yeah. And but then Kayla Shue had certain yeah, times yeah, where they were like. And they were doing better than Ezra and Weezer and yeah. all that. I mean, I have. Okay. I, ha- I still have tapes. You know, you could put the tape on <laughs> the, it. Tape the, on it. Or we- Tape. Yeah, you could put the tape tape on it and just re-record over. And I would just sit there and like record like some of my favorite songs, like Tool mm-hmm. and Primus and oh, just yeah, yeah. all this stuff that was, you know, um but then it was like softer stuff, like Gin Blossoms and yeah. you know, so it was like a lot of this starts, you know, coming into play for me. Um But you so this is high school that you're talking about. So you probably went yeah. to you probably cuz uh Kate has brought this box of, of history <laughs> <Yeah>. with her. <laughs> no but but you pulled out of that box right before you got here, like a Lollapalooza thing. So you were going to shows and you were seeing these, uh, some newer bands. This is not, no. Uh, no. Lollapalooza, I mean, I, I, you know, I went to some rec center shows. We talked a little bit about yeah, yeah, that yeah. Off, off mic. Yeah. But, um, we can unpack you know, I went to mm-hmm. uh, rec center shows. I guess this was maybe like eighth, ninth grade. Um so very early 90s um so this is you know, even before uh, acid you know, bath and all that stuff i did see acid bath a few times at the rec center um yeah, but you know bo- uh, bone china 
was was a frequent of the of rec center shows. Um, and that was just a chance for, you know, me to get out of my shell the people that I was going to school with. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have I was friends with, I guess, like the popular kids because I was in a couple of honors classes and going from private school to public school. Like you kind of miss out on growing up with with people and being those lifelong friends. And I had a few very close ones. Um, but yeah, like kind of going to public school was a very shocking thing for me. So, so going from private to public, how did you learn about rec center shows? Um, I guess just through, uh, so, so uh, you didn't have a friend that played in a band or anything. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, this had to maybe be ninth grade then because I didn't really become friends with eighth grade was still me figuring out who the heck I was. So I'd I'd probably say like, it wasn't until like maybe ninth grade that the rec center shows came into play. Um, you know, and it was friends, uh, I I was friends with, I wasn't in band, but I was friends with a couple of the guy, several of my friends were in band, but I was friends with a couple of the guys that played drums in the band. Um, and so I guess maybe through them and then, uh, Brandon Swindle's older brother, Jason was in band too. Um, and so I guess it was just, you know, that back then it was just through word of mouth, like, Hey, Friday and Saturday, you know, we're all going to be in this spot. You should go. And my parents were cool with letting me go to the rec center because like I played sports growing up and there was a (laughs) baseball field right there, you know? So it was like, my parents were like, okay, I know we know where you're going. Um, you know, and that was my first taste of, I guess, live music, I guess. I will say that my first big concert, my parents took, my mom took me to was Rick Springfield. Um, and I still have the shirt and I remember getting the shirt and it being like, I wore it as a nightgown (laughs) and I, yeah. And I, I eventually grew into it and now it is officially like too tight for me to wear so but <laughs> i still i still Kate, like just losing her shit to jesse's girl yeah like. <laughs> i mean and i don't yeah i don't know that was my first concert i don't know how old i was but yeah. wrong dude that's Corey hart oh jesse oh yeah yeah that's, a, that's uh, correct that's jesse's girl rick springfield that's yeah. him yeah what else? when he came up with he had like a movie hard to hold and yeah, I he's don't, like a like a um, yeah, yeah. he like now a plays soap a, opera star yeah he shit. now plays it like casinos so <laughs> yeah. that should tell you something you know so, but you, you did a real quick shift from, like, I don't know much about music to, like, I'm going to live shows. Yeah. yeah. So, you're going to live shows, but hey, tang with friends, probably. Yeah, and it was, you know, I still didn't know a lot of people, but I was meeting some people. And um, I didn't quite understand the element of what a live show was. You know, it was just, I'm listening to this music, and, um, you know, I, I played sports during the summer. But during the school year, like, I stayed to myself a little, a good bit. I, I had a decent sized room. Um, I had a dartboard in my room and like, (laughs) I just kind of hung out in my room listening to the radio. And so I didn't understand the element of live music until very much later. Um, And so, you know, high school years go by and I'm still listening to like, you know, grunge and just, you know, kind of exploring things. Um, A friend of mine, uh, April Rush, um, was eclectic back then. Um, and she was listening to some, you know, I remember in eighth grade beta club, we went, we stopped at the mall and went to the CD store and she bought like rage against the machine. And it was just like, what is this? And I I remember thinking like, God, this sounds so violent, you know, but it was like, 
I want to, I want more, yeah, yeah, I want more of this. And so she was a big influence on me as far as like things that I had just never heard before, you know, and, um, you know, so going into high school and things, um, I guess probably 11th grades kind of when I, I hit my stride, um, still wasn't really going to shows, but, uh, I became friends with the punk rock kids in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, the skaters, the guys that had blue and pink hair, um, the kind of, you know, uh, the outcasts. yeah, the outcasts, if you will. <laughs> um, and I guess it was through Jennifer DeLatte, um, and Jennifer was dating, uh, Matt Smith at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt was, uh, maybe like a year older than, uh, me, but, um, you know, just kind of, you know, that's where I would hang out before school was hang out with these kids and, um, you know, there was, there was a couple of older guys in there as well. And I mean, a lot of it, I would have to say, uh, Dwayne Phillips, uh, who was in Woofy Simon, um, he, Jennifer would bring me to school and sometimes I'd ride home with her, but then sometimes I'd ride home with Dwayne Phillips and Dwayne was listening to stuff that I was just like, what is this? You know? But I mean, it was also like, you know, it was punk rock, but it was also like Primus and Juliana Hatfield and just all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That I was just, you know, and that's, I was just absorbing this and taking this all in. Because this is stuff that I just, it just wasn't on my radar. <laughs> and like I didn't. never ending. Like, yeah. And. Um, it's overwhelming. Yeah. The, there was a screeching weasel song off, I think, Wiggle, uh, called mm-hmm. Crying in My Beer. <laughs> and I, I don't know if something just clicked, but I was just like, and it's kind of just a slow, like, poppy, almost sounding like 50s song. But, uh I don't know, something clicked for me then. Um, and so I started just, you know, asking my friends to borrow, you know, can I borrow this? You know, and I'd tape it. Um, oh, wow. You know. and Stealing. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, this is mostly like, I guess, 11th grade. Um, you know, still just listening. Don't understand. The, and I don't know if too many people I knew were going to live shows. I'm sure they were. Um I just hadn't kind of like gotten that far deep into friendships with them to hear that, or maybe I just don't remember who knows. Um, and then I'd say, you know, I, I started dating a guy in 11th grade, uh, who was from Texas and he was into, you know, Jane's addiction and, but he played bass and his brother played guitar. Um, you know, and so he, you know, introduced me to some other things, and so it was just a lot of outside influences of, you know, here's what I listen to. You should check it out. And I'm just kind of taking it all in and, and running with it, if you will. Um, and then senior year kicks in. Senior year, I was still my high school boyfriend had moved back to Texas, but we, we still continued to date. Um, and so on Fridays, instead of going to football games, I would go to Paradise Records <laughs> on State Street in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, at the time, I'm still living in Gonzales, so, you know, half, half, half an hour down the road. So I'd go to Paradise Records, and, you know, you could listen to a CD before you bought it, yep. and I would just plug in random things, you know. Um, and that's how I spent my Fridays. Um, after senior year, just, well, just I will say, so senior year... Insane. My high school boyfriend came into town, and my parents, I had my license back then, so 
parents let me go uh, to New Orleans. You know, Mm -hmm. he came came into town to visit. Um, You know, they made us sleep in separate bedrooms, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, they let us go to New Orleans. And there was a show at the Faubourg, which New Orleans punk rock, the Faubourg was the mecca of just grungy punk rock place to play um and it's actually the only show i've ever i've been to at Faubourg. but it was falling sickness and funeral oration it was hopeless wow. records bands and i had never been you know it's new orleans it was you know crusty punk kids um just regular people like me yeah. you know um and i just remember being like wow like what is this? You know, but at the same time, like everybody was like cool. Everybody was having a good time. Chill. The band was playing and you were like right there with the band. Um, and I guess that's kind of what clicked for me. Um, went to Lollapalooza. Uh, I guess, what was that 95? Uh, Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, George Clinton, um, Beastie, Boys. Beastie Boys, L7, The Breeders, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. <laughs> Um, Red right hand. And that was, you know, another big experience for me. And so... How'd you feel about that? About? Going to that. I mean... I mean, I have, 95, that show is huge, right? Oh, yeah. Right, but I've been to the 93... I don't think I'm... I missed 94. I think yeah. it was at 95. And you're like 16, 17, 18, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably like 16, 17, I think, at the time. Yeah. 195. Um, yeah, so... But 93, it was young. Yeah. And the only, like, I had a ticket to the 94, uh, but my parents wouldn't let me go. And the only reason they let me go to the 95 one was because Jennifer's dad, Mr. Carey, was going. Um, but Mr. Carey was, like, cool. But my parents knew Mr. Carey. They were around the same age. Mr. Carey owned an electronic shop. Um, <laughs> and so my parents were like, okay, well, Mr. Carey's going, so we'll let you go. So, but and it was, yeah. You remember, like, we were young. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's some older cats there. So, how did you feel about the experience of Lollapalooza? I mean, the experience for me. I mean, I had never, I had never been to a festival like. Dude, I don't think I blinked the entire time. Yeah. It was just. Yeah, it was just taking. And I'm, you know, I'm a big. I love to just people watch. Yeah. And so, first festival, seeing, you know, these, I would say big production type bands. Um. They get, definitely had money backing them. Yeah, and it was just, uh, you know, I mean, Green Day was still very new. I mean, that was the Dookie album, yeah, I think. Yeah. And so, it, you know, like it just, yeah. it, it was just over, it was overwhelming, but it was awesome because I was with, I, it was like me, Jennifer, Matt, Mr. Carey. I feel like there were a couple other people. Um, but it was for us to experience that yeah. together yeah. was like just amazing for me but it was just like ugh, there's so many people like and then it was it was pretty dry i don't think it had rained and so you know beastie boys played and that just kind of got everybody riled up and then smashing pumpkins played and we i remember like leaving and everybody was just covered in like a film of dirt <laughs> you know and like we look at our when we get back to the car like even like our teeth, like there was Gritty. just a film of dirt, and it was Gritty. just like, ugh, you know. Uh, but we didn't care because we just saw these yeah. amazing bands. Can, the time can we left. stop and get some water? Yeah, <laughs> you know. I remember like you know they had like a mist tent, 
you know, and I kept going through but the mist laughable. tent. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was, was just. TBC with a hose pipe. Hey, it worked. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess, you know, so graduate from high school, uh, me and my ex, my boyfriend broke up, uh, you know, so I, senior year, you know, a lot of the skater guys would go on the weekends and there were a couple, it was a couple of girls um, that would go with the guys. We go Catfish Banks, which is now um, the Chelsea's parking lot mm-hmm. and Brickyard. Um, but that oh, used, well. you know, that used to all be empty and um, random parking garages on Essen. And what so, many places to skate? Oh, because I get yeah. it now. Catfish Town. Yeah, yeah. Catfish, Catfish Banks. Banks. All right. And so, I mean, I remember going to some skate demos under there, and um, so Hawk. you know, Matt Smith. Uh, Corey Rogers, uh, you know, Mark Skidmore, like some of those guys, like, uh, through them, uh, I met Shane Emery, um, who is still one of my best buds to this day. Um, and Shane went to Santa Ma, so Shane and I became like instantly good friends. Which I didn't know each other in high school. No. Uh, he, he was a year, he was one year younger than me. Okay. So we met, I guess, through skating. Um, What school did Shane go to? Yeah, he went to Santa 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 He went to Santa Um, But Shane, like, and it was funny because we met, and I was like, oh, you drive the blue neon with all the punk rock stickers on it. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy. Um, And so Shane was listening to a lot of, like, ska um, and things like that. So, again, just reintroducing, like, all this new music to me. Um, and so Shane and I become good friends. Um, during this time, no big deal. And the Kenmores are kind of starting to make their jive through, um, so Gon- through Gonzalez. So, this uh, no, it's more like, uh, not, I would say 96. So okay. I would go to the, started maybe 96, I guess. Yeah. Maybe no just records as, yet, just them yeah, starting just jamming. Playing, live. So, yeah, and okay. when she says Kenmore, she may mean Geekbox or something. Uh, yes, yeah. it, yes, okay. it, yes, it okay. was Geek, it was Geekbox. Yeah. So, uh, no big deal practiced at a shed at Alexander Concrete. <laughs> the uh, shed. The okay. shed. Um, Alexander Concrete. Yeah. Right, and um, it became a haven for me on, on the weekends. I tell my parents, hey, I'm going to the shed. But I told them, I was like, look, you know, my friend's, you know, family owns like Alexander Concrete, you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's legit. Yeah, you and so I was just like, it. I was just like, we're just hanging out, you know. And so they didn't really, you know, question too much. So, no um, and I, yeah, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't really a big, I didn't really. It dis- really wasn't a big, like, drinking spot. To be yeah, like, I, I mean, some of the older, you know, like Todd, it was Todd, Roman. Yeah, Ned made um, You know, Rhett. So in like a, a crazy Pinocchio. Yeah. It wasn't so, a party. It yeah. was just a hangout. Yeah, it was just a hangout, you know. Somewhere to go. Some music being um, played right on. I remember having a, a catfish bowl with Glenn and Mitchell. Um, wow. And um, it was just a hangout. Like there was a skate ramp on one side of the shed. There was a round circle of couches in the middle. And then the practice, the, the band set up on the, on the mm. other side. So... Um, we would just hang out. We got into some mad games of Uno. <laughs> um, you know, uh, 
they had one wall of the shed that was filled with like Colt 45 uh, old English bottles. But then, you know, Chad, compliments Chad, of Mitch and Glenn, yeah, by the way. But. Chad didn't drink, so he had a wall of yeah. Dr. Pepper uh, <laughs> plastic bottles. Um, but, yeah, it was just a hangout. Like, I, you could go there any day of the week and somebody was at the shed. Nine times out of ten, it was Chad playing, yeah. practicing, and yeah. playing drums. Getting his shit tight. Really? Um, yeah. Like, Shane and I had a practice jam. You know, Chad's trying to teach us how to play drums. And, um, God, don't you wish you could go back was, and take lessons? It was, uh, yeah. I mean, and it was, you know, I, I attribute that Chad being such a badass drummer because he just played all the time. Yeah. He was, you know, uh, improving his craft. Um he had and somewhere so he wanted to be, and he'd, he'd be a real hard interview, right? Like, so how'd you get good? I practiced, yeah, every day. Chad would not do this show, no. <laughs> By the way, even <laughs> if we bought him like a gang of Dr. Pepper, he yeah. still wouldn't do the show. So you he know, drinks nowadays, but yeah, during you know, so you know, shed days and and hanging out there. I mean, I even built, I helped build a ditch behind the shed because it started raining. Drainage. And so it was like, you know, water was starting to come through. And I was like, give me a shovel. Like, I hang, out, you. I hang out here enough. I, I mean, pay it my was, dues. Yeah, I mean, it was, just a, it was just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. And, I mean, all kind of people came out of the woodworks, you know, especially on the weekends. People would just drop by for a minute or whatever. We had bonfires in the parking lot, just all kind of crazy stuff. And, awesome. Um, you know, so no big There'd deal. There would be shows there every once in a while as well. Oh, yeah, uh, several, several shows. What a great um, place. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was just, I mean. They pulled Houseboy over there one time? Yeah, that Houseboy show was was, uh, pretty dope. So, So, But you were just hanging out, and every once in a while there'd be a show. Yeah, so this time, you know, no big deal kind of starts to get big. And um, uh, there was a a show, this might have been, some of these years start to kind of run together. (laughs) But uh, it was in the Kmart parking lot in Gonzales, and it was... (laughs) <laughs> no big deal. I'm guessing it was Geekbox then yeah. and Department 8. Yeah. And it was just on a tractor trailer. <laughs> um, and I had known Aaron Polk, but that was the first time I met Josh. It was the first time I met Ned. Um, it was the first time I met my current boyfriend, Joe Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it just kind of just evolved from there. You know, we started becoming friends with the guys from the Kenmores because they were more, I mean, Aaron and Josh lived in Gonzales, but Ned lived in in Baton Rouge. So um, eventually, I think the Kenmore started practicing at the shed too. Um, and it, again, it was just we'd go to hang out. You know that they would practice, and we would let them practice. We'd show up after practice, mm-hmm, but then sure. it was just a hangout. You know, um, but and then you were enjoying the things you heard. Oh yeah, like yeah. I mean, it got to the point where. I knew every no. I knew when they messed up a no big deal song. <laughs> I just knew every every chord, every you know. And and that's so cool that it you, just, and you didn't grow up playing music. I didn't. Like I still heard, I still it. cannot. I try to play an instrument. I, I play I play a mean air guitar. But I can tell you when you do it wrong. Yeah, that's I mean so it was great. just I heard it practiced so many times. That it just, it, it became a yeah, staple, it, you know? It came a spot in your head, and whenever it got off, yeah. you're like, hey, man, y'all hey, It might up. be time for you to start learning how to play music. I know. Because it I've, sounds like you got the I've ears tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I'm a, I'm a quitter. 
when things don't come easy to me, I quit. Uh, (laughs) I think we were just really hoping that when we got you for this interview, there would just be some secretive thing about Kate. Like, yeah, dude, I got like a demo. Yeah. You want to play it? Sure. You know, maybe this is the the kickstart. Who knows? You know, so and you talked about you live with a boyfriend now that plays music. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you know well, we we way to learn. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's mostly on me again. <laughs> like I get I get frustrated easily, so when things don't come easy for me, I just kind of give up. So yeah, that's on me. Music ain't that, easy. That's man. something. Yeah, that's something I got to work on. So cool. So you're going to the shows. You're calling. So them then out on you know shit. local shows start to come. <laughs> you know local shows start to come out. There's. Uh, festivals. Um, there's like Battle of the Bands at the LSU Amphitheater. There's some shows at the Bengal, and we were all underage, so like we would just like sneak in, mm-hmm. and nobody questioned us really. Um, <laughs> can I? Can we talk about that? Because you and I are on the same. We were on that cusp. Of Louisiana had this weird law, like yeah. you said, we're underage. Yes. Yes. But are we? Yeah. Because yeah. like there was uh, Louisiana, this law where you were 18, you could buy it but they couldn't sell it to you or some shit like that. Yeah. You um, could buy it, but then if you got caught drinking it, right. which is then you're weird, in trouble. it was this weird so, loophole. But but it, it kind of lapsed when yeah. we turned 19. Yep. And so the bars that you're going to and drinking comfortably in are now like, no, I can't serve you, dude. Or, yeah. or you know. <laughs> so I'm like, well, so you served I mean, me yeah. last Monday. And yeah. like the band member, I mean, Rhett was a little bit older than us. But Chad was younger. Mark was my age, you know. But it was it was fuzzy. Yeah, and it was just like the band had to sneak in, right? You know. But then you know the library started to come into play. Chime Street. No, I became. I was I was eighteen at that. Yeah, I was I was eighteen at that point, so I could get in. And again, I wasn't. I didn't really drink a lot. Uh, It wasn't until I turned twenty-one that I partied out. You know, became a. Ragamuffin. Not an alcoholic. Became a lush. But, but you know, uh, understood, you know, how to <laughs> how to handle myself, I guess. And so, um, I mean, I hung out the library. So, also during this time, um, I'm becoming friends with just other bands about around Baton Rouge. Um, you know, Shane had taken me to a Ska Against Racism show in New Orleans. Um, you know, and I actually met some guys from Baton Rouge who were in a band called Insurrection. Um, and they were actually friends with Dwayne Phillips, who kind of got me into punk rock. And so, you know, they were in kind of more like of a, of a heavier band. Um, and so I met some of them, uh, you know, Kurt, Jason Todd, AK, um, a lot of those guys. And so then I'm like, oh, shit, y'all live in Baton Rouge. Like, okay, so I kind of start branching out of No Big Deal Kenmore shows and start going to other shows and... Um, just so, meeting there's, people. There's levels of ska. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, Shane taught me how to there's skank. There's real big fish, and then there's voodoo glow skulls. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So I which, mean, which was this? I mean, Shane listened to, like, the Blue Meanies, like, you know, this. it was, like, assorted jelly beans. Yeah. It was a couple of, like, uh, Christian ska bands. All right. Uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, Five Iron um, Yeah, and, wow. you know, um, that was kind of a whole new element for me was, was ska because it still kind of had a lot of the punk rock elements, but then you throw in like, you know, horns and trumpets and yeah. all this stuff. And it was like, it was like it less just, than Jake was like the gateway. Yep. To less get than, to the, yeah, so. less than Jake. And I mean, you it's know, blink. I kind of, yeah, I, I, you know, face to face, uh, is probably to this day, probably like my gateway favorite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it was my favorite band. 
I didn't really get into Face to Face until the Big Choice album, uh, which I got at Paradise Records. Um, <laughs> you know, you could you could order, you know, a CD at Paradise Records, and it would come in in, like, a couple of days. Yeah. Um, Shane Emery had gotten a... Uh, it was an Asian man compilation, which is a ska label. And yeah, it started had, by Mike Park, who's yeah. the lead singer of Gank and Pickle. Yeah. yeah. And there was an Alkaline Trio song. There we go. On, I knew it was coming. On this album. Yeah. And Shane was like, I like this song. Shane is huge on Alkaline Trio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Shane went to Paradise, ordered their EP. It was like a five-song EP, um, and that became the entrance to Alkaline Trio. And yeah. um, regrettable tattoos. Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, know. I remember definitely Shane was living with Curry Weber, I think, for a while. Yep. And uh, I went over. <laughs> yeah, I went over to oh, his yes. house, and he was all about Alkaline Trio. He's like, dude, it's the freaking guy yep. that plays in slapstick, and there's another guy from this band. It's like it's like a freaking mega band, it's dude. A power band. <laughs> I was like, all right. Let me yeah. check it out, dude. And, and I mean, that sure EP, enough, we all liked it. So. That EP just spread like wildfire yeah. amongst our friends, you know. That and um, fucking Mock Orange about the same time. How many songs? Do you remember how many songs? I think it was like a five-song EP. I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was like some songs from God Damn It and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. Around yeah. that time. Um, but it was just like, okay, this 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 band's pretty cool. Um, you know, and just being able to like, you know, we, we were listening. going to want to talk to us. Yeah. I'm we would, You know, we would listen to comps and you'd find... You know, okay, I like this band. Okay, I definitely don't like this band. And, mm. you know, a lot of the Fat Records comps and just yeah. other labels were putting out comps. And um, you'd you'd kind of just pick out that song and be like, all right, I like that song. I think the, the band Tuesday uh, yeah. had a Dan song, Free, free uh, yeah. uh was on a comp. And, you know, Shane bought that CD. You know, so, mm. you know, shout out to Shane Emery because that's, that's my boy. And yeah. he introduced me to a lot of stuff that, you know, um, just wasn't on my radar. But even like, you know, Rhett Badman uh, introduced us to a lot of stuff as well. Sensefield, um, oh man, um, Farside. Um, <laughs> That's who got you? No, you he know. didn't get me into it, but I know that he was big into them back in the day. I didn't so, really start talking to Rhett till later on. So, but that was the hot yeah, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Rhett being a couple years older, but um, Rhett was. Uh, dating a girl at the time that was a roommate of mine so it was like i'm living with shane i'm living with you know rhett was over all the time but i mean we, we would just hang out on the weekends and listen to music you know or be like oh when are we going to go to this show and um yeah i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry what what did you do <laughs> like so no like but like she's doing all this amazing stuff and i'm like what did you do for a living that provided uh, yeah. you income uh. to do these awesome things yeah so i, I didn't know where you're going you know, high school, I was, you know, I was in honors classes. It was expected of me yeah, to go to college. Yeah, I know you're college. smart. Yeah, I know you're uh, smart. <laughs> I, I had just burnt myself out, and I wanted to get out of Gonzales. Yeah. <laughs> um, I made good grades. I, 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 was, I was a pretty good kid. Um, I didn't want for things. I wasn't, you know, sure. I wasn't in trouble all the time. Yeah. And, um, But for me, you know, I just, you know. 11th grade maybe 12th grade and then after I graduated um I did go to LSU for I was talked in I was like no didn't get any scholarships I was just like I just burn out and I didn't want to I was also of the belief that I didn't want to waste my family's money 
trying to figure out what the hell I wanted yeah, to do with my awesome. life. I'd, you know, I just I just didn't want to do that. What a so good kid. Yeah. last minute, my dad was like, just humor me. Try it. So I went to LSU first semester. My dad paid the full way. Um, go to this for one semester. I end up meeting. Um, I'm also like paranoid because I didn't want to not make it to class. So I had like these large breaks in between my classes and I'd hang out in the quad. Um, and I met a guy named Skip Allums. Um, and Skip was working for KLSU at the time. And he was from Baton Rouge and I, we just never crossed paths before. Um, but he was like kind of a singer songwriter guy and he was in a couple of bands. Um, and he and I, we would just talk and it just made me realize that I had to get out of Gonzalez. Um, everything I, I was, I guess, aching to experience was not going to happen in Gonzales. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't know that it would happen in Baton Rouge either, right. but I had to, you know, Getting you closer. that was, that was closer. It's, that it's was, that was close enough. Yeah. And so, um, you know, about halfway through the semester, I'm like, mm, yeah, I, 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 I still have no direction in my life, but I know that I, I'm not going to waste the money to figure it out. So I uh, ended up going to a vocational program for like office shit, got a job for an attorney, and I did that for two years. So I'm working for an attorney. He was a more of a civil attorney, uh, but it was my first real job. Right. And um, I learned responsibility and just like, I mean, I had played sports, so I knew what like working for a team was, mm. but, you know, working for money is a completely different yeah. thing. And <laughs> yeah. so. Um, but you're taking care of yourself. That's, yeah. That. That was the point of my question. Was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You got a roommate. You're like, you're doing it. Yeah. So you know, like, this is what I want to do. And I want to make money to go do these things. Yeah. I moved you out know. of my parents' house when I was 20. Um, I lived. So I finished the vocational program. I was working for the attorney. Um, a friend of mine was moving. Uh, my childhood friend, Ellen, was moving to Baton Rouge. So we got a, uh, an apartment together. Um, and then, oddly enough, Shane Emery... And his and Aaron Polk and um, I guess Shane and Aaron and their girlfriends at the time got an apartment and we were across the interstate on opposite sides of the interstate on Segan from each other. <laughs> so we were constantly we were constantly, you know, back and forth from one apartment to another, yeah. um, just always doing stuff. And, um, you know, uh, also during this time. Um, so out of high school, like I had a lot of friends that were, became in the, you know, went to the rave scene. Um, State Palace. I didn't, I didn't go too hard, but I did go to a couple of raves. A good friend of mine, uh, Cody Deluxe was a drum and bass DJ and there would be, you know, drum and bass nights at the library. Kate, we hung out. Yeah. I'm just saying, we didn't know each other, but <laughs> we, we hung out. We crossed paths. And so, you know, I mean, just a lot of stuff happening on Chime Street. So, yeah. you know, it just made sense when you're driving back and forth Thanks to Baton Rouge every single day that, you know. So living with my, my friend Ellen was, was the opportunity. Um, things didn't, I mean, uh, you know, living with a friend, sometimes things don't always go well. Uh, so we parted ways. I ended up moving on the couch at Shane and them's apartment in the Meadow Ghetto, uh, which was like government subsidized apartments. But there were like six people living there. 
but they all went on income. Where was this? It's uh, like it floods now, but like it's by the golf range on Segan. Yes. Yeah. I know them well. Yeah. So um, very seedy apartments, but uh, eh. you know <laughs> yeah. there were. So I stayed. Aaron, Aaron, and his girlfriend at the time had broken up. So. Um, I slept on the couch, I think, for two, about maybe like a month or so. Um, and then uh, they they moved out, so I got their bedroom. So at this point, it's me, Shane, his girlfriend at the time, and then, uh, oh, uh, and Jenny, who was dating Rhett. Right. Um, so all, you know, we're all piled into this, you know. So we just had a good time listening to music, you know, occasionally um, handle some drugs, um, go through that, you know. What? So. Um, at this time I'm working for the attorney and I'm just like, all right, like, I don't want to do this. Like their attorney's making all the money. (laughs) I liked my job. I was a courier, like, but it was also, I had moved to Baton Rouge. So I was driving back and forth to Gonzales every day. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of started to, I was just like, I wanted to do something else. So, um, started going to a graphics program at the very seedy vocational school in Baton, in North Baton Rouge. Um, which was a very strange, it was just very strange. Um, You're about to meet a new character. Welcome Arlo to the show. Hi, Hi, Arlo. Hi, hi. It's too much, it's too much. (laughs) Sorry. We on set break. Yeah. 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 That's good. 